This podcast includes explicit language and sensitive topics that some may find offensive. All views expressed belong to the individual speaking and not a representation of any entity that we have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. It's a chance to back out now. That being said, if, if not, not, enjoy, enjoy the, show. the show. Pop. And with that disclaimer, I agree with you, except for the whole crossing the street. You ain't got to cross the floor. Wild about them without me going outside your head. See? The systematic process that, that's always been here since two. Is you got to worry about a black young man. One. Yo, welcome back to the Black Man Misunderstood Podcast, BMM. It's your boy, Mike B, and the Neighborhood Therapist. Here we go. We back again, baby. But I'm just a soul whose intentions are good. Oh, Lord, please don't let me be Uh, this time around, we're going to switch things up a little bit, but we're going to talk about the division between the black man and the black woman. Mm, you sure you want to get into that? Yeah, man. It's Lord. The, time, the times we in, we got to speak about it. We got to speak on it, bro. Mm. So um, I guess go deeper into that. Explain that. So at this point in time, you know, we, we know the black woman has always been down for the black man. More times than not, you you see see them fighting for us, taking care of us, making sure we got that back. But I feel as though we as black men don't always reciprocate that mm. as a whole, and that that's a determinant to our black women. All right, um, not saying that you and me personally do it, but we may have at some point in our lives, mm-hmm. um, or it may seem that way to us. A, a black female. There's a division. We always know there's a division. And I think we could talk about why there's a division and how it goes forward about in today's world. Ooh. So I, I, I speak about this uh, very often. Um, I'm a cold, cold, cold firm believer that it starts at home. Um, where you were born, where you were raised. Um, what I'm noticing is it, it also starts with your relationship with your mother. If you had a rocky relationship with your mother, or if you looked at your mother a certain type of way, nine times out of 10, and I'm not backing this up with any research, this is just my observation in life. Um, I'm seeing that black men, uh, based off of their relationships with their mom, uh, that dictates who they become intimate with, that dictates how they treat other black women. This is assuming that their mother is a black woman. And I'm noticing that a lot. So a prime example, um, some people I know, I won't give out no names or um, things like that, but they were raised by a black mother. Um, she had ways about her that they didn't like, right? Mm-hmm. So what they did is um, over the spans of their lifetime, they pretty much associated all black women with her. So they was just yeah. like, yeah, you see what I'm saying? So they was just like, you know what? They didn't disrespect black women, but you could see it in their eyes when a black woman come around and be like, oh, hey, you look good. This is this and this and this. They kind of be like, oh, okay, cool, thanks. 
but let you know a white girl snowbody come around and you know do the same thing they like okay yeah, I Yo, see look you. at her, that check her out yeah, yeah, yeah you know what I mean yeah. yeah 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 so um I see that and I, I watched that firsthand happen you know because I know the mom and, and I, you know I was raised around them as well so it's just crazy looking at it back in hindsight as a grown man you're like wow like they're only like that because their mom, the the way that that it went down with the mom, and that's me coming from a psychological standpoint. I could be wrong, but that's how I feel about it. No, but to be honest, I believe you're right. And like like we mentioned in the first episode, a certain person's name is going to come up all the time. Big sis Keisha. Mm-hmm. My mom and my sister had probably the most influential, uh, the most influential women in my life, hands down. All right. Yeah. yeah. And. Losing my mom at such an early age, but she still instilled so much into me that I carry to this day mm-hmm. and how I bring that to my relationships. It's very important. And then with my sister taking over and um, guiding me and my brothers, it's it's and that just brought a whole nother aspect to the way I treat women that I'm with mm-hmm. and how I think about them. You know, the, the, I've always said that two most powerful females in my life and without them there would be no Michael Bennett. We all know this. <laughs> but make sure you gotta make sure that you add that these are two black women. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And just the, let me just make this one one thing clear um before we go even further. Uh oh. When we refer to black. Okay. We are encompassing in the this is our opinion. Everyone of African descent. Mm-hmm. So that includes, yes, the Dominicans, yes, the Puerto mm-hmm. Ricans, yes, mm-hmm. the Peruvians, because mm-hmm. our people have been taken from Africa and dropped off into these different areas. So mm-hmm. everyone who historically has been moved from Africa to a different continent and then we can speak different languages. Mm-hmm. We are calling them black. Regardless of how they feel. They're and black. Regardless how they feel. Mm-hmm. And even if the skin tone is way lighter, mm-hmm. they black to us. But let me add in a disclaimer. This is me speaking for myself, because I know yep. Mike is about unity. Y'all found that out. I'm not going for it. If you <laughs> gonna identify with black, you got some kind of disgust in your eyes for black people, get off this podcast, and cross the street when you see me. I don't care nothing about the license that's <laughs> behind me that says LPC, and we got to be super ethical, and we got to love everybody. I'm with all of that until you start disrespecting the culture. That's me. That's who I am. I'm willing to stand about that. i die about that. Continue. And with that disclaimer, I agree with you, except for the whole crossing the street. You ain't got to cross the street. Just don't oh, buck me. Oh, yeah, you got to cross the street. <laughs> <laughs> I know I, I know how you feeling about this division thing, mm-hmm. Mr. Separatist. But <laughs> <laughs> but I feel as though that this division has even deeper meanings that people don't even realize that are there. Like people who actually talk about it and think about it, they they see it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they truly understand how many different aspects goes into this thing. Mm. So, because we talk about how 
we look at our, our our female figures, your mother, my mother, and my sister, right? Yeah. We talk about them a lot, but then there's the other side of the coin where we also have to talk about how we see the men treat the women. Mm. Okay. Another major point that needs to go into this because as kids, we watch, we learn, we observe, we, we, we take in all this information. Absolutely. And as we get older, unbeknownst to us, it comes up to our, our forefront and we use it. All right, Mr. Psychologist, I see you taking my job. Go ahead with it. Right. <laughs> you're the psychologist i'm just talking i'm just talking hey, how hey. I see disclaimer psychotherapist i ain't trying to get sued out here <laughs> but to really think about it that has to go into part of it like let's let's be for real so if absolutely it goes two ways mm-hmm. you can look at those actions that your father or whatever male felt male role that you had uh-huh. specifically talking about the black man and be like, oh, I'm going to do that when I grow up. Or subconsciously think, yep, that's how I'm going to act. Mm. Or you could be on the other side of the coin and be like, all right, maybe I won't do that, but I'll do this. And know the difference between what should be done and what shouldn't be done. And I think that's another part of this the division that, that, that hurts this relationship between the black man and the black woman. So if I'm adding to what you're saying, I would say that as a as a black young boy, um, watching all of that happen from the female's perspective and the male's perspective, you get in both perspectives. As you get older, you have to consciously make a decision every day to be better. And yep. if you if you kind of just um, brush it off to the side and be like, "Man, it is what it is," you know, I'm trying to do this. I'm not worried about nobody else. Then you have what you have now. Yeah. Mm. And that will then in turn, I will say this, you have broken men. Yeah. Broken black men to be specific. Because that's what we're, we're focusing on, on at this point. So the other aspect that I would like to bring up to this is, you know, at the times going on, you know, black equality is at the forefront. Basically treating our lives is equal to all other races. Sometimes black men who don't value or show the value of a black woman or their black a black man himself mm-hmm. is because of the system that we're putting. Mm. Okay. Because it this goes back to something I used to say all the time: the the fatherless generation of the United States. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You you definitely speak in my language, man. That's that's one of my specialties, fatherlessness, man. So, not saying this is perfectly how it was. Mm-hmm. The black family was at the forefront of mostly every movement. Mm, facts. That goes from slaves revolting to Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. Facts. Because. We talk about these big names, but we you can't forget that the women were always next to them at all these points in times. Specifically those two. They they were the rocks. They kept them they, going. They kept them going. And then after even they were both assassinated, they kept the torch going. Mm-hmm. 
the systematic racism and the systematic process that that's always been here since yeah always knew that 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 was a major part of it you separate the families the family starts to crumble there you go but they couldn't separate the families as much as they 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 could have but it it we didn't allow it if you get what i'm saying back then like back then because uh-huh. even like even even in slavery they they tried to separate the families but the families were still so close together you get what i'm saying yeah. Even they try, they try to. Oh, we're gonna sell your son off over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can sell my son off, but my son was already instilled to care for others and build a family. Mm-hmm. So he goes to another plantation and build the family, even though he doesn't have a connection with his original family, mm-hmm. and he still had those family values. And then after abolishment of slavery, you know the Jim Crow era, the segregation area. If we have all these prominent figures, I put money. If we go back and look at the history books, most of them were married. Yeah, yeah, most of them married. Like the status quo wasn't to be a baby daddy. Nah, let's be for <laughs> never, real. Never, the status yeah. quo was <laughs> not to be a baby daddy. I mean, who? I mean, I, I guess that's the thing now. But no, who is striving yeah. to have a bunch of children and? Exactly. You're not involved in their lives with the mother to raise them to be, you know, exactly. predominant to predominant figures in the world, you know. So that's why I'm going back to this father's generation because we start to see the shift mm-hmm. after the 1960s and the 1970s. What happened? Drugs, 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 and more drugs. Mm. Locking up black men, and then Incarceration, you, you yeah. get the. We get the three strike rule coming through all this process, yeah. and it's locking up all the the black men, putting them in jails, yeah, destroying the black family as it was. Mm-hmm. So that that's that that's another part of that that causes the rift between the black man and the black woman, because the black man is not there, so the black woman has to pick up the mantle and carry the torch. Mm. Everything. I definitely know about that. Definitely know about that. So, with that being said, since your mom, Mama Lily, we love you. Yeah. We need you to 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 give us the background on that. Think I think it's time for you to to give them the the background of all that and why and why we brought up this topic today. Okay. Um. Well, y'all know we from the same hood. It's it's all love, Patterson, New Jersey. Mike gave us a synopsis how he was raised. I was raised um literally what three blocks away? <laughs> yeah. Literally, literally three blocks away. And my life is completely different. My father was incarcerated when I was born. From there, I was pretty much uh raised with my mom, single mom. Uh they weren't together. They didn't see eye to eye, but they were cordial. Mike is church. When you speak to Mike, you see church, you get that, you know, that. God fearing, loving, you know, generous individual. And I would say I'm pretty much the same thing, but you're not gonna get that when you walk up to me. When you walk up to me, nope. <laughs> I come I, I really do, I really do come off as, oh, he another one of those. He a gangbanger, you know, oh, oh, um, you know, he all he do is love the block. And you know, if I'm being honest, all of that is goddamn true. Um, I love my homies. Uh I got gangbanging family members, I got gangbanging homies. 
And I will never in my life turn my back on them because we have seen things together that you know I can't even speak on. But at, the end of the day, at the end of the day, when I bring my brother Mike with me on the block with these same <laughs> homies, these, these same homies, he get the same respect. He get the same love. You see what I'm saying? Um, and my mom, I think my mom knew that. That's this is the crazy part. I never really told nobody. I think my mom knew that, bro. Like, you know, we had the latch on the door and shit like that. I couldn't really sneak out the front door. Right? <laughs> so, yo, real talk. Yo, bro, you remember, right? <laughs> so, so real talk. So I'm like, yo, I'm going out the window. You know what I mean? And this this is the time we lived on the first floor, not when we was on the third oh, floor. Oh, yeah, we were on the third. Uh, I remember the third. Yeah. Yeah, the third, the third floor I was pretty much trapped up in there, bro. I couldn't make a move. I can't get out. <laughs> yeah. So the first floor, I used to sneak out, man. And I used to get active, man. I was with the homies, bro. The only thing was it wasn't, it usually wasn't even people from Patterson, bro. I would go take my ass to New York. That's how the connection also um kept going with, you know, the situation in New York. Cause I was out there mm-hmm. with the homies. So when you even in Patterson, if you walk through Patterson and, pe- and people speak t- about justice, they'll tell you we don't know much about him. Like he plays sports. And that's how I like it. You don't even need to know nothing about no dirt, no nothing like that. You understand? And that's what I thought I was doing with my mom. I thought I was protecting her from that because I was like, yo, she's a single mom. She got enough bullshit on her plate. She got to worry about my little sisters. And she got to worry about a black young man. Going into the streets with no guidance. Um, you know, yes, I had my grandfather. Um, but all I saw, all I saw growing up was my mom trying her hardest and she would be around men. And I, again, I was a little kid at the time. They speak to her crazy and it got to a point where I thought that was normal, bro. I really thought that was, I thought that was a normal relationship. And even though on the inside, I felt terrible. I was like, yo, this is my mother. And I don't get it confused, but I was still a little kid. But I'll run up, stop talking to my mom like that. You know what I mean? I I, I did all that. They would push my little ass around, tell me, shut the fuck up, shit like that. I had to grow up with that trauma. You understand? Like, I know what that feels like to be a father. Not a fatherless child, but your father is not there to protect that. In the moment. Yeah, that moment, that situation. I had to live with that. So um, my grandfather, speaking of my grandfather, because look, on one end of the aspect, my mother taught me how to love a black woman. You see what I'm saying? Because I got two little sisters. Um, you, can't, you can't even speak wild about them without me going upside your head. Uh, right? And it's the same way with y'all. y'all the brotherhood, we, what we have, the brotherhood, y'all feel the same way about my sisters the way I feel. And that's why I love y'all. You feel me? So... On the other end of the spectrum, I did feel myself starting to feel a type of way towards black women as a kid. As I'm older now, I remember I, I know that it's passion. And I was only able to get that game from my grandfather. See, my grandfather was born in 1925. He fought in three wars, the Vietnam War, the Korean War, and the end of World War II. My grandfather was a part of the not fucking around squad. You see... He showed me what it, it means to be a black man, stand on your ten toes, um, honor your woman, but you know, let let her win nine out of ten of the arguments by not saying nothing, just saying, okay, baby, you got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And you let her dictate, you let her control the passion of the room. And then you let her know when it's time for one out of ten, 
hey, 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 it's time to calm your ass down now. I'm gonna have to bring you to that bedside. That's spanking to you. You know what I'm saying? My yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, bro. Preach. that. You feel me? And if I'm being honest, bro, like I told you earlier, I feel it starts at home with the mother figure and things like that. But then secondly, like you brought up, it starts with who are your who are your real models? Fuck a role model. Who are your real models? Who are you changing your life towards? You know, who are you seeing doing what you need to be done? So, you know, case in point, I speak to my wife about this all the time. She's like, how do you know that we're going to have a great marriage if we've never seen a positive marriage? And I'm like, yo, you see what I'm saying? And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, look, 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 this, here's the thing about me. I've actually been around positive marriages. I've been around chaotic marriages. And you know me, Mike, I soak everything up like a sponge, bro. And I have to learn from all of that. So getting back to the division, man, it has to start with us, bro. Um, Really do. I'm not gonna lie. I had my time where I used to use the improper terms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, growing up, growing up in the hood, it happens. It happens. Yeah, hanging, hanging around with boys. But as I got older, I, I learned I, I can't use those connotations, it, mm-hmm. it, especially towards our women, because I- the media wants to show you that our women are first to be those connotations. Before mm-hmm. anyone else, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I got to a point where I, I had to, I had to stop. And like, even to this day, like people <laughs> thought I was probably a punk or oh, you're supposed to be my boy, man. When I'd hear guys talk about the girls, and this is not me even trying to get the girls. These are like girls who are my close friends, mm-hmm. and I'm like. Yo, just be smart about that. You know, he may not be what you exactly think he is. Mm. Uh, like, he might be that. Like, I didn't use womanizer because, you know, I didn't know the word at that point in time. But, yeah, he might you know, just, he might just be looking to get, you know, get them draws. Just get, just get in and get out. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, you know, some girls are with it. Some girls aren't. Let, uh-huh. let's, be, let's be frank. But more times than not, like. Because all my close female friends, yeah, black women, you know, mm-hmm. um, give them a warning because, you know, I don't want to see them hurt. All right. And then I got to a point where I, I did that for all women. No mm-hmm. matter no matter color, where you from, I started doing it for all women because all women need to respect it. And there are equals, not someone who's supposed to listen to us. Mm. So I respect it, man. So I guess the question comes, how can we bridge the gap, man? It's such a big ass gap between us and black women. And like you said, black women are out there on the front lines holding us down. You know, we were quick to George Floyd. Yeah, we were quick. We were quick. And then it's like, yo, what about Breonna Taylor? You know what I mean? And and, and if I'm I, you know what? I'll take a day. I don't like speaking on on this on any of these topics, but I'm not comparing one to the other. But we had footage of George Floyd. You understand? Yeah. Breonna Taylor was in her home, my guy. Yeah, she was home. Mm-hmm. She was home, and they went in there and violated her like that. 
I'm not saying that one is more outrageous than the other, but yo, that could be my wife, fam. Like I, I go to work. My wife is at home. She just got off of work. You know what I mean? Because our schedules are crazy like that. Off, yeah. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine getting a phone call and they going, oh, we regret to inform you. The police in your city walked up in the wrong house. And shot your wife. And, and shot my wife. Bro, I am not liable for what happens next. That's the nicest way I can put that. <laughs> and I know that's you for real, you know Like I'm not liable. <laughs> I'm going to die about mine, bro. And I don't care if that was my mother, my sister, a cousin. It's not going down, bro. I will die about my black women. So I'm just trying to figure out how can we produce more people like a Mike, more people like a Just. Because everybody has their different, like, you know, Mike is willing to take it this far. Just is willing to take it this far. And that's okay. We need everybody to have their own ways of going about it. But at the end of the day, one thing we got to get in common is, the black woman needs to be respected, protected, and loved. Yep. That's it. Yep. Definitely. So how do we so, get, bro? There's not one way to get there. Okay. To be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, there's steps to getting there. Um, one of the biggest steps is, of course, you got to start at home. Um, or to take it even further, you got to look at yourself. Mm. And that's black men and black women. Okay. Like, okay. am I doing my part to help the next generation see the value of the black woman, of the black man? Mm-hmm. And that and and that goes for everyone of all races. That is the biggest problem of today. Do we value the black man, the black woman? Mm. And to be honest, at this point in time, we can all say no, because it's not uniform and it's not the majority. But to begin the transition, you have to look at yourself and see your faults and see how do you treat the black man and black woman. So as a black woman, am I presenting myself in a way that demands respect? Mm. Am I teaching my son how to respect me and other women? Okay. And then, and then you go to the black man and you think about it yourself. Am I respecting the black woman in my life? Whether it be your mother, your daughters, your wife. Am I showing them how they should be treated? So, Am I teaching my son how to treat them? Okay. Perfect. So let me ask you this. Yeah, we have a lot of brothers. I can I can attest to this, man. You know, we're from the block. We got a lot of brothers that um they just don't give a fuck. They yeah. don't care. You know, we was we we grew up with one. You know, um, God rest <laughs> yeah. his soul. God rest his soul. Um, it was a uh, nah. Fuck that bitch. I don't care. You know, what I mean, I don't care if she's successful. It's fuck that bitch. And we we tried to distill in him like, yo, everybody's not a bitch, fam. Like, you know, that's a woman. She do this X, Y, and Z. How do we get to them? And then on the flip side, the young ladies that feel like, nah, fuck that. I'm trying to get paid. I want to fuck as many people as I want. I want to get paid. This is who I am. I'm showing my titties. I'm showing my ass. It is what it is. Oh, yeah, I'm a bad bitch. You see what I'm saying? How do you speak to them and be like, hey, because 
I don't want to be no hypocrite and be like, yo, that's wrong. Because because yeah. I, I catch myself sometimes a woman do something crazy. I be like, I'll tell now, I tell my wife, hey wife, watch this with me. You see her? Woo, boy, she popping that day. You know? Hey, that's just me though. That's just me. That's just me. I gotta yo, be, <laughs> word. You gotta be honest <laughs> about stuff, word. You know what I'm saying? And my wife would be like, mm, nah, she needs to work a little harder. And you know what I mean? We we indulge in it at a at a sense. But yeah, as yeah. a as a total, as a collective, bro, how do we speak to them? Because it's it's easy for somebody who's on the brink of it to say, yeah, I want to wake up. I don't want to treat black women like that. I don't want to treat black brothers like that. But what about somebody that's so far gone from the disease that's called the environment, mm-hmm. you know, the brainwashing? What about them? We're just going to leave them by the wayside? We would have to try our best to get them to understand. And the way there's ways to do it, um, you know my way. My My way is bringing the Lord into it more times than not, you know, okay. uh, my way is praying for them, mm-hmm. uh, caring for them in a way that that's just how I am and, and showing them. This is what I think of them, even though they're doing all that because mm-hmm. we could be frank. There's people in the industry that probably believe in God just as much as I do, but they're doing this because this is what makes the money. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And maybe for some of them, it's not the end all. They're like, all right, I'm just doing this for now to get to better myself, to, to, to build a better future. And then there's others who are like, nah, I'm about this life. I, I want this money, even though I was leaving God, but I'm making good money right now. And mm. I, it's just, I just got to do what I can towards them. It's up to them to, like I said, first look into themselves and see. Is this really something I want to do? Is this something that's showing respect to the black woman, mm-hmm. to the black man, to myself? It's, you could only do so much, right? Mm-hmm. You can be like me. You can pray for them. You can help them out here and there. You can have a community be behind them. But it's only until they are able to take action on their own and make that decision that that process could begin. So we can do our part as much as we want. That's why I said it. That's why I said the first step is to look inside yourself. Self-reflection. So, so individuals like us, we, we look inside ourselves and we saw our faults and we're working on them. Mm-hmm. And then we got to a point where we worked on them so much that we started to extend and reach out and to teach. You get what I'm saying? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm with my mentoring group in Patterson. Seems to be heard. And then I'm also helping a mind group in Elizabeth. So stuff that I'm I've learned and understand, I'm trying to instill in them. Not, you know, and today's youth is not like in the past. We know this. Because mm-hmm. each generation changes. Yeah. You can't beat them in the head with this information. You have to do it in in such a subtle way that they just pick it up naturally. And they see it. Or they hear it, or they feel it, and they be like, "All right, I get it now. I'm gonna do it that way." You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that, I guess that would be my solution to everything. Well, that well, you you said it was more steps. That was just step one, right? Yeah, that's that's. So what are the steps you had in mind? So that's step one: realizing our worth and um. So being mindful. So, 
Yeah, practice, practice and mindfulness. That now. But the next step would to be we got to look at our systems. And when I mean systems, I'm, I'm talking about law and order, police, all, all that stuff that goes into the control and the process of our daily lives that we don't control. Mm-hmm. We have to look at these, these laws, these rules, the, um, the trainings for police officers, fire, fathers, you know, all, doctors, professionals, nurses. We have to look at those processes because in some of these processes, there is already built stigmas, systemic racism in oh, all of it. Oh, yeah, you're talking. Talk. So, so that's the that's the that's the next step that we have to hit after realizing it starts with us mm-hmm. and how we can do our part in our communities and in our cities and states, countries, and so on, and then move it to the steps of all right, what about this process? Because like let's let's be for real. Let's actually think about it. If COVID didn't, if COVID didn't happen the same time, this whole Black Lives Are Worth Something movement is happening at this point in time. Even though this has been happening for years, for years, talk on it. Would we have the same impact? And I honestly think not, because with COVID, we had to stop everything, and everyone had to sit and watch the same thing. You mm. could not get away from it. So you had had to speak on it. You had to talk about it. And you had to start making tough decisions about this stuff. So COVID and this whole movement had to happen at the same time. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. we won't get we wouldn't get the reaction that we're getting now. What is the end game? This is the question that everybody wants an answer to. What is the end game? What is the end game for Mike? So the end game for me, at least, is. By the time we leave this earth, that we took those steps that we thought we took all those years ago and are actually being moved forward from here on out. That's that's the end game, I believe, for us, specifically in this lifetime, should Mm. happen. It's to see what we try to do actually happen. I respect that. So what about you, my brother? The end game for me is uh, I, I'm I'm pretty much with you as far as uh, the future is concerned, but I think that's where it pretty much stops. Um, I'm more concerned about my kids. They're not here yet. Um, I don't yeah. have kids, but when they get here, I want them to be able to take risk, live freely, um, and not be judged on their skin tone but actually on their actions, um, what they do for people and how do they make people feel. That's the most important to me. How does my son or my daughter make you feel as a human being? Just look at my children as human beings. If we can't get to that point, um, by the time my kids are seven, bro, if I'm being honest with you, if we can't get to that point by the time my kids are seven, I don't want it no more. I'm going back to my main thing, which is, yo, just separate us, yo, we good. Y'all got it. Y'all can have this. I don't want to be friends anymore. 
Now, if you are of a different hue, I, I took that from uh, my girl Nakia, the dope therapist. Shout out to her. Um, <laughs> if you are a different hue and you are on the same type of tip that I'm on, which is love is love, you know, I ain't worried about that color stuff, you know, hey, you a human, then come on, let's do it. You know what I mean? But we can only trade, which we can't really do the whole community thing because. We've been trying to do the whole community thing forever, bro. MLK died on that. And then what they don't talk about is towards the end of his life, he was like, you know what? This ain't working, bro. I didn't let my people to a burning house. Why they don't talk about that, bro? Because <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation, uh, yeah, bro. Just, Come on. I'm just, I'm, just answer, I'm, I'm just answering your question. My my answer to that is I am with you. I would like the unity. I would like for my kids to be able to grow up in a world where they are judged for the things that they do and how they make people feel. But they cannot be held accountable because your feelings are hurt. I really do believe that in 2020, this world has gotten extremely way too sensitive. But I understand um, these are uncomfortable conversations. We need to have them. But I am telling you personally, if we don't get it soon, it has to come to a point. But we got to stop. Oh, kumbaya, kumbaya. It ain't going to work, family. And at that point, we got to activate as a people. That's it. Bro, bro, if you actually yeah. think about it, that's already happening now with all the looting and stuff. Came to a bus. But it's only, that's a topic for another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Topic, you know, we got to wrap this up. <laughs> okay. But but that's our conversation on the division between the black man and the black woman, ladies and gentlemen. Catch us next time on the Black Man Misunderstood Podcast. It's your boy, Mikey B. And the neighborhood therapist, man. May, may, I, may I end by saying this? Just so, you know, there's no confusion. Black women's lives matter. That's all. That's all I got to say. <laughs> and that, with that, we checking out. See ya. So I'm going to be candid with you. I'm going to have an honest, honest moment with you. Bro. We always do this anyway. Yeah. Fam, I feel like me as an individual, I am this super educated person. I got a whole master's degree. First person in my family to have a master's degree. All of that shit is, is cute. Anytime I enter the room with other professionals or other human beings, period, I feel like the, um, I really do feel like the dumbest person in the room. Let me explain that. When they start to speak, they they're using common uh, vernacular, right? Mm -hmm. But I can't seem to turn that on. All I can do is like is let's say somebody be like, "Oh, hey, how are you doing today?" My answer to that is always, "Oh, I'm good. I'm chilling. Oh, I'm straight." I don't know how to go. I'm having a fine day today. I used to try to, "Oh, I'm blessed." It wasn't natural, fam. Like, so, yo, I get it. I am a psychotherapist. I'm supposed to know how to speak to people. Do not get it twisted. When I'm in the room one-on-one -on -one, in a one-on-one -on -one session with somebody, um, I have moments where I can turn on the uh, the Uber vernacular. You know, I can go into mm -hmm. uh, cognitive behavioral therapy and explain that to you all day, left and right. I can talk to you about all these people, right? Sigmund yep. Freud and all this. I can do that all day. What I'm telling you is I'm at my best and my most natural element, which is the way I'm speaking to you right now. But it's just that it comes off very 
um, I guess, distasteful to a lot of people. And see how I'm using distasteful? I don't use that. I'd be like, yo, yo, you don't like the way I speak? Yo, that's your business, B. Like, yeah, that's just, that's just me. You understand? Right, yeah. Look, look. So, it, this is what it is. You're coming off, if I'm going to say, yeah, you're coming off like you're attacking, all right? Mm. You're, always, you're always on attack. You think so? so? It, no, no, but look, look, here's the thing, though. That's just how you talk. Mm. That doesn't mean you're attacking them or you're, you're about to go in. It's just that's how you get, that's how you speak towards people. It's, it's, think about it like this. We're saying the same thing. You just have an attacking method. I just have a common melatonin. Not that we're saying anything different. It's just the way we saying it is totally different. It go mm. and it goes back to how I said, like, depending on what role I'm in and who I'm with, the way I say certain things may come off wrong to people. True. It's the it's the same exact thing. But with this podcast, that's why it works. Because I mm. say exactly what you're saying, but then words that some people that other people will understand. And then you saying the same thing that I'm saying that other people are going to understand. And then when they realize that we're not arguing, we're actually talking about it. They're like, yo, they saying the same thing. That's crazy. crazy. crazy.